I went to your website. Very impressive. You're helping a Hello lot. Hello and welcome. This is Connie Reagan Green from Huge Profits Tiny List, and we have an extra special surprise today. My guest is Dan Pointer. Dan is the author of more than 130 books. He's been a book publisher since 1969, and he's a certified speaking professional. Dan travels the world speaking on book writing, publishing, and promoting. His company, Para Publishing, is based in Santa Barbara, and I most recently saw Dan at the Global eBook Awards this summer in Santa Barbara. Welcome, Dan. Welcome, welcome. Great talking to you again. Yes, thank you. And you were saying that you had visited my, my website? Yes, very impressive. You're helping a lot of people. I applaud you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I know when I heard you speak about five years ago at the Rotary Club in Santa Barbara, you inspired me in such a huge way that I started out on my path to write the books that I've written. And I now have eight titles of my own, and I've contributed to about six others. So thank you so much for that. Well, you're making me very proud, and your work has been invaluable to people. I know you're making... A lot of people are out there making you very proud as well. Oh, yes. Thank you so, so much. You know, Dan, I want to ask you some questions. My my audience will be so, so thrilled to be able to hear from you on this. Are there any effects on your personal or public life once you become <laughs> a published author? <laughs> a lot of people don't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, yes. Tell, tell us about the effects on your life. <laughs> well, uh, people don't expect uh, this to happen because writing is a very quiet, solitary, personal act. And uh, once you publish, it's up to the writer, the author, to get out there and promote the book, and they become a public person. They become recognized, and, and people think you're important because you wrote the book. People uh, think that books and people uh, are important. They hold them in high esteem. So all of a sudden, you go from private to public. Yes, I, I think it's so exciting. I know for me, I go back and forth between Santa Barbara and Santa Clarita, and just last night in Santa Clarita, it was a surprise. I was invited to the City Hall by the Arts Commission, and they gave me a certificate for contributing and supporting the arts with my writing. And it was really a humbling experience for me to receive that certificate and, and to have that in front of the whole group. So I know it's really had an effect on my life. Well, congratulations. You know, a lot of authors are uh, introverts, and uh, most of us authors are introverts. Yes, I uh, am. One of the greatest introverts is Dan Brown, Da Vinci Code. Wow. I mean, what is the one time that he ever surfaced in public? You've never seen him, but about two or three years ago, he surfaced in public just briefly, and it was because he was subpoenaed to court by a judge. Huh. So, um, you know, it's uh, as I said, the uh, most authors are introverts, and we uh, should recognize that. And when you get out to promote books, that's an extroverted thing. And we can stretch ourselves and do that sometimes, but um, it doesn't mean that we're comfortable doing it. And that's perfectly all right because we're introverts. Yes, yes. Well, you know, what subject should a person write on when they are getting started? Write what you know. I want you to look ahead. Think ahead maybe two or three years from now. What do you want to be thinking about? What do you want to be writing about? What do you want to be dreaming about? And go with your heart. What do you love? Start with your hobby. Uh, if you've spent the last 15, 20 years in something like real estate and uh, you're really good at it, you've got a niche in real estate, maybe you're turning, I don't know, uh, uh, apartments into condos. You sell a whole apartment building. There are a lot of other people in real estate that like to know how you do that, but you're tired of real estate. You're just sick of it. You want to bail on it. And what you really like is sailing. My uh, 
uh, advice to you is write a book on sailing, some aspect of sailing. Don't do it on real estate because as soon as you're done with your book, people are going to come to you and say, can we interview you on that subject? Would you write an article on that subject? Would you do this on that subject? That's not a good time to say, well, I'm kind of tired of real estate. Can we talk about sailing? <laughs> not why they came to you. And what's going to make you excited? What's going to make you get up early in the morning and, and head for the keyboard because your head's just spinning with ideas? Um, go where your heart is. I started with books on skydiving and parachutes because that's where my heart is and has been since 1962. <laughs> um, you know, it's just a subject that I've always loved, and um, uh, and that's why I started with books on that subject. But now, let me ask you something, Dan. If what if someone has already written a book on real estate and then they decide that they don't want to do that anymore, they're not interested any longer, and then they write on sailing, can that be confusing to an audience or not really? Well, you need a different website for each of those subjects because they're so different. There's no relation. I mean, over on the left-hand side, you can say, see my book on sailing, um, but you need uh, specific websites for each one. It's it's tough. And um, and some some people will uh, take that real estate book and sell it off to a real estate publisher, ah. let somebody else handle it, or, or turn it over to especially a smaller publisher who's going to get behind it and has a bunch of real estate books. Uh, that's another way to do it. Okay, that's a that's a great idea. What's the difference between an author and a writer? <laughs> Paris Hilton has a line of perfume. Do you think she makes the perfume? <laughs> no. Paris Hilton is the author of a book. Do you think that she wrote wrote the book? <laughs> no. Celebrities are a brand. Now she has a following. I mean, you don't think that Lee Iacocca wrote those two bestsellers by himself? No, he had ghosts. Actually, they're named on the cover, so technically they're not ghosts, but uh, he didn't do the writing. He's the author. He just doesn't happen to be the writer. It's his information. Somebody else put it into words. Now, they take as much information as possible. I think in Iacocca's case, they uh, the two authors interviewed him and also uh, went over tapes of his speeches. Um, but he's a very busy person, and he's not going to... Uh, do all the writing himself. And let me make this is very important. Savvy writers use editors. We all have our stuff edited, have it cleaned up. Yes. So uh, there's just what? There's a line between ghostwriter and editor, and uh, we all get help. Yes, yes, because I have found it helpful each time, you know, to have an editor go through and make sure it makes sense and a whole variety of things. Oh, and you didn't repeat yourself and things like that. <laughs> and it's understandable. I mean, if they don't get it, then you, you failed and you have to rewrite that paragraph. Yes, yes. But, you know, really getting right down to it, why should anybody write a book? Well, there are a lot of um, reasons for doing that. Fame, fortune, to help other people, uh, credibility, new profit center. So I think for a lot of people listening in here, uh, people are looking into building a profitable online business, that credibility and a profit center are two very important things. So it doesn't matter why you write that book, but uh, but you need to do it because it's going it's great um, self-development and it leads into uh, greater knowledge on your part and to a profit center. Yeah, and Dan, you know, really the, the books, people perceive me so differently now that you know, that I'm published and, yes. you know, have the books and I always have one or two of them in my in my purse so I can pull them out. I've become shameless with my, my self-promotion. Right, and, and any time you go to a gathering or party or something, walk around with your book in your arm. It yes. starts the conversation on your favorite subject. 
It's <laughs> a wonderful way yeah. to think about it. Oh, is that your book? Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was funny last night at the uh, at the city hall when uh, two of the council members had had my books there and they wanted me to autograph them, and so I stepped Aww. right up there to the right where they're all sitting down and autographed the books. It was, oh, it was pretty fun. Nice. They actually brought the books in, knowing you'd be there. And, oh, that's, yes, it was. That. It was really lovely. Kind of so, like a fa- family reunion. You get to see your children. <laughs> Two of them showed up. <laughs> yes, yes, it was pretty, and it was interesting to me that you know that they were interested in the topics, or at least uh, you know feigned uh, enthusiasm and interest. Oh, that's so that, very nice. That was something. So, are we talking about writing fiction or nonfiction? Because people come to me and they want to know about both. Well, there's an important distinction, and we have to realize um, that we are talking about both. Fiction is entertainment. And fiction is a little harder as well. It used to be harder to sell. Now it's easier to sell. But it has to compete for people's time with other forms of entertainment, such as going to see a movie, taking your kids to the zoo, uh, or walking on the beach. Nonfiction is valuable information that people buy to save time or money. Basically, people, uh, when they're searching for information, they look at this book and they think, is this going to answer my questions? Or am I, or am I going to learn something new? And... Um, so nonfiction has a smaller audience, but they're easy to find because if you're, you, I, I, I've written books on skydiving. It's uh, very easy with Google searches to find uh, bloggers and other people uh, focused on skydiving, and anybody in the world can type in skydiving, and they're going to wind up looking at my uh, listing for my book. So uh, that's fantastic. The the the. What the, the audience is smaller for the nonfiction, but they tend to be a little easier to find. Okay, yeah, because I never really thought of it that way. But you know, Dan, people are so busy. Uh, if you have a busy schedule, how do you find that time to write? Well, here's a trick. Um, I call it the binder concept. And what you do is, as you're writing the book, you do the first draft first, and as you get the material up out of the piles off the floor and into the computer, you print them out, you put them into a binder, and you carry that binder with you all the time. When you're driving the car, it's sitting on the seat next to you. You turn off the sound system, and you're thinking about your book. You're going over it and over it. I have a, a pad in the car, and I, I take some notes as I come up with new uh, stories, ideas, ways to describe things, and so on. Um, the notes are a little hard to read, but... <laughs> and um, um, but and I'll, let me say relate to you a story. This was a number of years ago. I had a speech in um, Santa Monica, California. That's about two hours south. But this happened to be after, the day after the Northridge earthquake. Well, I knew that the traffic would be bad and uh, the you know, roads and bridges, bridges were out and roads were rerouted and so on. So just to be sure, I left Santa Barbara four hours early. Well, as luck would have it, I zipped down Highway 1, and I got to Santa Monica and the hotel four hours early. It didn't take me long to get everything set up, and I still had four hours with nothing to do. But I was carrying my project with me, and I was able to sit down in this large auditorium, open up that binder anywhere, and just start working on my project. I got four hours of quality desk time done on that project because I was carrying it with me. And I want you to think about that. I want you to relate to that because that's, that four hours couldn't be made up if I didn't have my project. Now, today, 
many people are doing this with the iPad. Um, I find it doesn't work as well with a computer because it takes so long to fire it up. Even my Mac takes 20 seconds, so that's too long. Uh, with the iPad, it's uh, you can whip that out as fast as you can, a, a binder or a tablet, and uh, get some work done on it. So we may be switching from the binder to the iPad or some other tablet pretty soon. But the whole idea is to carry the project with you so it's always in your mind. If you just leave it on your desk for a few days, it's hard to get back to. It becomes progressively harder to get back to, and then you have to review everything to see where you left off. But if you carry the project with you everywhere you go, then it's always in your mind. You're always thinking about it, and you're making progress. I, I love that. That's excellent, excellent advice, Dan. But I'll tell you what, I went through the Northridge earthquake. I'm still in shock that you that you went to your your event the day after. That's really quite something. Well, we had a good turnout. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe people wanted to get away from what had just happened and focus yeah. on something that was so meaningful in, in their life. Well, it's, it's important as a speaker. When you say you're going to show up, you show up. Yes, Yes. I mean, I've had every possible, and I hope every possible thing happen to me. Uh, but you can't say, "Gee, uh, you know, I missed my plane or something." It's uh, not acceptable. You have to be there. Yes, I'm finding that uh, as well. That that no matter what, you're you're there. I just came back from London where I was uh, speaking, and um, yeah, there are so many valid excuses, and you just move past that and do do what you need to do. That's so important. Right. So let's talk about publishing, Dan, because you know I share what I do with people, and there's so many things to do it. Explain the difference between vanity publishing and self-publishing, and let's let's talk about that. Well, I wrote the self-publishing manual back in 1979, and uh, uh, it took a long time for that to reach the, the tipping point. And people do mix up self-publishing with vanity publishing and uh, the other choices out there. Unfortunately, you have to be very careful today in publishing just as you do anywhere else. And so before you do business with any company in publishing or any company, if you're going to have your house painted or your car repaired, always make a Google search on that company name plus the plus sign, scam, company name plus ripoff, company name plus fraud, company name plus better business bureau. If people have had trouble with that um, vanity publishing company, uh, you'll read about it. And that's just doing your due diligence. Uh, you're getting advice from other people, and there's no reason for you to go through it again. Just be very careful uh, by running Google searches on these uh, people offering you various things online. All right. Well, you know, self-publishing, it's its really grown uh, just gigantic growth in the past five years or so. Do you think that the growth will continue? Is there a future for self-publishing? I think it's really the only way to go. I was at a writer's meeting yesterday at lunch, and I said, you know, I think it was 25 or 30 years ago, I said, people ask me, why self-publish? And I said, three reasons, to make more money, to get the press center, to keep control of your work. I said, I'm saying the same thing today. It's been 25 or 30 years. <laughs> and um, it's just that we reached the tipping point eight or ten years ago in self-publishing. People began to recognize it, and the thing has been just exploding. Uh there's um yeah well do you take the the big six publishers in New York now there's a the big five publishers pretty soon there'll be the big four publishers the consolidating downsizing going out of business and uh self publishing is going to 
come back to where it was 200 years ago, which is uh, really the only way to publish. All right, so should a new unpublished author just kind of bypass the New York publishers? Well, there's something I call simultaneous publishing. You have to realize that the large New York publishers take 18 months from the time that you uh, submit the manuscript and they accept it until they get the book on the shelf. 18 months, year and a half, that is a long time. And most of us are entrepreneurs. We want to get going tomorrow. And 18 months is just isn't acceptable. With simultaneous publishing, you finish your book at 6 o'clock in the evening. You upload it to Smashwords. You upload it to Kindle. By tomorrow morning, you are published. You're on your way. Then you can uh, send the book off to uh, a few selected agents, a few selected publishers, and these are agents and publishers with a track record on your type of book. In other words, you don't send a travel book to a cookbook publisher. You only send <laughs> travel books to travel publishers. And, uh, and and you give them an opportunity to bid on it. And if they come back with a, uh, an interest, a good bid, well, you run the numbers and see if you want to sell out, and you can but if they don't come back, it doesn't matter because your book is already out there. It's launched. It's selling. You're getting feedback on it. Things are happening. Um, so really, today you want to self-publish first and then uh, make it available to the agents and to the publishers. Excellent. I know with me, I you know, I, I think of myself as getting more patient as I get older, but not when it comes huh. to publishing the books. I want them out there right right away in the hands of the people that can can best put them put them to use. And this is even more important with uh, nonfiction. Think of it: eighteen months, year and a half. How much of your information is going to be out of date in eighteen yeah. months? Yeah, ready for a couple of revisions by by then. Yeah, absolutely. And you can you imagine handing someone your book and saying, "Well." took the publisher a year and a half to get it out, so it's a little out of date, but it's basically it's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Dan, let's talk about promotion. How do you promote books? Well, uh, book reviews, articles, a little bit of direct email, a little social networking of the right type. Uh, the new reviewers are the book bloggers, not just bloggers, but book bloggers. These book bloggers are devoted to your subject, as much as you are. All of their subscribers, their readers, are devoted to your subject as much as you are. They're already self-selected. They're easy to find. Um, all of these people... Uh, now, when I say not just bloggers, not just book bloggers, but book bloggers on your subject, there are 165 million blogs. There's a lot to choose from. But let's say you wrote a book on... Um, Breeding Persian cats. Not cats, not Persian cats, but breeding Persian cats. You okay. see, very, very targeted, very narrow. Now, you have people all over the world who are fascinated by breeding Persian cats. There's one here, there's one over there, there's one in Malaysia, there's one in South Africa. Uh, was actually more than that in, in each of those uh, areas. And with the Google searches, they can type in breeding Persian cats, and they come up with your website and your book. Uh, the information is available to them. They can find you very easily. And uh, by finding, do, doing these Google searches on blogs uh, plus books plus breeding Persian cats, you can come up with the, uh, the bloggers who are uh, tuned in to all of these subscribers. I did a book a couple years ago on um, air travel. And this is air travel for consumers, for passengers. 
Uh, it's it's not for pilots, not for flight attendants, it's not for fixed based operators. This is only for passengers. I came up with 124 blogs that are oh. focused on that group of people. Oh, and so awesome. you send your book, your ebook, off to these bloggers, and they are thrilled because you are a published author, you're a celebrity, and you also want to take part in their blogs. When you find something you can comment on, when you can refer back to your book, and you always sign it with your name and the title of your book and the URL for the website for that book. So you are a uh, a celebrity author. You are a, uh, you know, a very credible person. The, the owner of the blog is thrilled that you're contributing to the blog because you're an important person and you have something to say. You must be important because you wrote the book. So it's um, you get all these people following you, and then... Uh, you're in a way you're recycling your material. You're getting information from them, but you're putting it in the book and you're selling the book back to them. Yeah, that that makes perfect perfect sense. Thanks thanks for those great great tips. You know, Dan, how do we get testimonials from the important people in our in our niche? There's a two step program. You can write off to people and ask them for an endorsement, and uh, they don't know who you are, and <laughs> you know. <laughs> They get very anxious about it. Here's what you do. When you are writing the book, you have the rough draft. You have your, cop, um, your um, what do you call it? That's your, um, you, the second draft is where you clean it up a bit. The third draft is what we call peer review. That's where you send each chapter to at least four people who are experts on that chapter. Now, you don't send them the whole book because you don't want to overwhelm them. And you uh, find out when you are doing the research on the book what people's interests are, who's experts in certain targeted or sub-targeted areas, and you send that chapter to them and ask them to comment on the chapter. Well, it, you know, it's only 15 pages, and they're just thrilled, and they start writing things in the margin, and they add two more points to your list, and they cross out whole paragraphs, and uh, they're um, you know, very, very helpful. And they're getting to know you, and they're getting to like your work. So... A week later, you go back to them, you email them, and you say, um, I'd love to get a testimonial for my book. Thank you very much for helping me with the uh, the chapter. I appreciate your going over it. I know you're a very busy person. I was thinking of something like this. You write it for them. And it's only one sentence, maximum two, because you're going to use most of these, well, three of them on the, on the back cover of your book, and you don't have a lot of room there. You don't want a whole page of praise. You just want one or two crisp sentences. And when you print those uh, testimonials on the back of your book, nobody reads them. They read who wrote them. Yes. They want to know the person's name and the person's title. Is this person important? Obviously, they're words of praise, or you wouldn't put them on the back of your book. So you need to go through the two-step process of sending out the peer review chapter and then following up with the testimonial request you know dan i've i've read so many of your books and and i've probably read this information that you're telling me right right this second mm -hmm. but i have not internalized it when i'm asking people to review the book i'm sending them the entire book i need to stop that and just send out those chapters right yeah don't Excellent. overwhelm them because they'll put it on the desk with all great intentions and never get to it Yes, yes, and I, I just was not doing that. Okay, that's going to change, and I hope everyone listening <laughs> is underlining this part in, in their notes. All right, well, let's talk about book covers. Why is okay. the cover no, just so let me back important? up just, 
just let me All back right. up a second. I, and that is uh, in my book, Writing Nonfiction, I have the letters and the whole process of, of doing this. Yes, yes. It's, it's all written down. And we have okay, to, so you uh, want to talk about book covers? Book covers. Why are they so, so important? I know it's been a big deal for me. Well, book covers, the outside sells the inside. I have studied book covers going back hundreds of years. I've come come up with a document. It's number 116. It's free at the Parapub website. Um, and it's a paint-by-numbers outline. There's a description, and then uh, the second page has the back cover with the um, the boxes, and you just fill in the boxes. Uh, don't go buy covers from the large New York publishers because they don't have any imagination. Sometimes they'll put three testimonials on the back. Sometimes I've seen back covers on New York published books that were advertising other books. I mean, this is just crazy. Hmm. The outside have to sell the inside. So you have um, your category in the upper left-hand corner. You have an arresting headline, description of the book. You have your bulleted promises. You will discover how easy it is to bullet benefit, bullet benefit. You have three testimonials, a little something about the author, and closing copy, barcode, and price. In other words, the benefits are at the top, but the features like the price are down at the bottom. Uh, there's a way to do this, and it's so easy. If you have the book cover outline, document 116, you can get that at parapub.com. Okay. All right. Yes, and I want people to to go there. And I mean, I I use that as such a great resource, and I love getting your uh, your newsletters twice twice a month with all of this fantastic uh, information. May I give you another tip? Yes, please. Oh, this is this is really important. Uh, well, okay. Last year, I was speaking in Johannesburg, South Africa. Just before going on, a gentleman came up to me. He said, "Hi, I was in your class last week down in Durban." He said. I needed to get more, and uh, I drove all night to get here. Uh, wow. By the way, thank you for the Amazon idea. I said, which one? <laughs> he <laughs> said, you told me for research to go and look up five books or six, just like what I have in mind at Amazon. You told me to read everything on those pages, and you told me to you look for books that, and think to myself, if somebody bought this book, would they be interested in my book? He said, I read those pages. I read all the reviews. It was amazing. I found out what people liked about those particular books and what they didn't like. I found out what they wanted in a book like that and what they didn't want. And now <laughs> I know what to put in my book and what to leave out. Incredible, incredible <laughs> advice. Yes, incredible. Yes, yes. Well, you know what? Let's for, for our final uh, topic here. Let's talk about eBooks because eBooks have really changed just since I've yes. been online for six years now. Um, well, we owe a lot to um, Amazon and some of the others for getting this whole thing started and making eBooks reach a tipping point. And they did about well, about two years ago. Um, it's so much easier today. You write your book in Microsoft Word and then you upload it to Smashwords.com and to Amazon.com Kindle. Your book is now available to the entire world. Uh, they have great, great reach. And many people, when they're looking for information, go to Amazon Smashwords first to see what's there. Um, another thing that's very useful about Smashwords, by the way, <coughs> is they have a excuse me, <coughs> they have a coupon code feature. And um, I've written 131 books of nonfiction. I just finished my first work of fiction. And one of the important things about fiction is getting it read. 
So I had these cards printed up. It says a little something about the book, and it says if you go here to Smashwords, uh, this is the right page for it, and then you type in this coupon code. You can download it free until the end of December. And um, I'm able to hand these cards out to people, uh, and so I don't have to send anything to anybody. Uh, I also uh, list, we have another publication called the Publishing Pointers Marketplace comes out once a month where people can offer their books for review. It's a free listing, and lots of people do. And I'm able to put the Smashwords URL and the coupon code in there, and so uh, people don't write to me to uh, get copies of it. I don't have to do anything further. They go to Smashwords, and when they go there, they can get it in Kindle, EPUB, PDF, uh, or whatever. Uh, so it's all on them. It's self-serve. I don't have to respond to it, and that's extremely useful. The more and more people are reading ebooks today. It's um, it's just amazing, and there's some talk now, by the way, of that these um, tablets are going to surpass the dedicated ebook readers like the Kindle itself and the Nook and so on. And that's going to be very interesting. But there are an awful lot of these Kindles and Nooks and other dedicated readers out there. And, you know, Christmas time is coming up. And so uh, a lot of people are getting these for Christmas. And then in the next week, an awful lot of ebooks are going to be downloaded. Um, it's just too expensive to cut down trees, make paper, print the paper, truck the stuff all over the country. The price of shipping has gone up tremendously. And I'm talking about trucking and the Postal Service and UPS and so on. So the future is definitely in e-books, and we're seeing more reading than ever, but uh, it's e-books. Yes, and I know when I speak, because now I go you know, international, I've just started that, Yes. And when I speak, you know that's that's the way because I can bring a, you know a few books with me, but it is cost prohibitive and you know getting all those boxes shipped and and unpacked and this and that. I'm from the stage. I give people then that free download of one of the books, and that works out so so well, Dan. Yeah. In addition to that, you can take your books and put them on CDs. Uh, it's a lot easier to carry a, a few dozen CDs. There's a few dozen books particularly yeah. internationally, and then you can sell the CDs. Perfect, perfect. Well, Dan, where can my listeners get your books? Um, well, truth in advertising, I can get them at Amazon. They're, <laughs> they're, uh, they discount them. They're cheaper there. But uh, also go to my website at parapub.com, P-A-R-A-P-U-B.com. Think Parachutes and Publishing. Get the uh, free information kits. Sign up for the newsletter that comes out every two weeks. And um, get that document 116. All right, and I highly, highly recommend your site, parapub.com. Everyone needs to be subscribed there and uh, connected and, and reading what, what you're sending out, Dan. So do you have parting words for our listeners? Yes. Um, the most expensive parts of publishing are the mistakes. You don't have to make them. Writing and publishing books is a business, a rewarding business, but it's a different business, and you want to go to seminars, get the books, ask authors, ask publishers, uh, join the forums, the groups on writing and publishing, and uh, discuss things with other publishers, get as much information as possible. You don't have to make the mistakes. All right, I, I love that, and I know you're, you're the person that, that always says you don't want people to die with their book inside. But, 
and that's so important. It really, it really is. And I'll tell you one thing, uh, Dan. When I came out with my first paperback book, I, the first time I gave it to my mother, and hmm. she has since passed away. And at that time, when I put it in her hand, she was 91 at the time. I, I realized then how important it was that I had become an author. It, she understood that. She didn't understand what I did on the computer, but she understood <laughs> the book. And I want people to, to know that that's so, so important, and they want to do that for people in their family. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Well, thanks again. I've been speaking with uh, Dan Pointer. And this is Connie Reagan Green from Huge Profits Tiny List. Be sure to subscribe to all the calls in the podcast series. Thanks again for joining us today, Dan. Thank you.